Hello everyone, we're going to try this again. Today is hump day, still hump day, February 15th, 2023, and I am still Solid Blue Sister, and this is still my turn to talk. Welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> thank you, thank you, I appreciate it, I do. else was telling me that, that that was going on with them in their show. But I appreciate you coming back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I do appreciate it. Now let me just stop the music. There we go. <laughs> oh boy. So today um, I want to talk about the last kid at school. And wait, hold on one second. Uh... Okay, so just want to make sure all these things are set up correctly. Okay, someone talked about the last kid at school and um, why are parents not there for their children? And I don't mean, um, you know, I know that, you know, parents work. Sometimes they have to pick their kids up, up late at school. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the parents that just seem like they just have no interest in their children at all. The parents who just you know, don't show up e emotionally for, for their kids, not necessarily physically, you know, you're physically there, you're physically at 
a parent-teacher conference, you're physically at a school play or something like that. I'm talking about the emotional side. Um, and is that why some children have the issues that they have because their parents don't show up? You know, we talked about this on another show and, you know, I got some pushback from some people who felt that, you know, you shouldn't always, you know, tell your child, oh, this is, this is, this is great, you know, when it's not, or, um, you know, and I'm not talking about the participation trophy type things. I'm not talking about the, the participation type parents. Hey, hey, GP, what, what, welcome back. Podbean was, was acting up a bit. I had to, to start over. <laughs> so welcome back. Um, I'm not talking about the, the parents who do the participation trophy thing. Um, I'm talking about the, the parents that are not there emotionally for their children. Um, why are, you know, and does that, does that have an effect, a profound effect? I'm going to use the word profound. Does it have a profound effect on your kids? You know, will that have a profound effect on them as they grow older? If they see that, you know, every time I did something, every time, you know, um, I, I got a B as opposed to an A. You know, instead of saying, you know, you, you did a good, uh, a, a, a good job. They say, well, how come you didn't get, get an A? Or they're always comparing you to a brother or sister or the kid next, next door. How much is being there for your child emotionally going to help them or hurt them as they navigate life? Do you think that we become our parents as we get older. You know, so um, that's that's what I would, so that's what I mean by when I say the last kid at, at, at school, you know. Um, and if you want to get technical about it, what about that kid that does get picked up every day and they're always last? And I mean last to the point where they're waiting and waiting with a teacher. And you always know that that kid's going to be the last one. You know, and the parent, you know, drive, drives up and they may be in a hurry. And again, I understand that parents work and what have you. Um, but what about those parents? Should they arrange for someone else to pick the, up, up their child? Does that have an effect on, on, on their child? Does that have an emotional effect on their child? So again, when I say the last kid at school, I'm, I'm talking about, um, I'm, I'm talking about, uh, kids who, um, just don't seem to have any emotional support at all. 
when it comes to their their parents. So what do you do? Welcome, uh, Didi Ben. That's how you pronounce it. I apologize if I messed it up. And Power Girl. And to anyone else on our other platforms, thank you for popping in. I I apologize I had to start the show over, but we are back. So, <laughs> Minnesota, I'm not trying to get deep. I'm just, I, I'm, you know, I, I just like to, you know, I, you know me, I like to just pick things apart. I just like to, uh, you know, just like to go a little bit deeper than, than the surface. So if you were always that kid who may have been a latchkey key kid, a lot of kids are, a lot of kids are latchkey kids and you came home every day, your mom and dad were not there. Let's say your mom and dad were, were there. There's plenty of kids that come home. Their mom and dads are there. Hey, hey, Blunt, welcome. Um, you know, their mom and dads are, are there, but they're emotionally not there. So again, when I say, you know, the last kid at school, I'm not talking physically. I'm talking emotionally just in terms of their home life period the kids that just don't get any emotional support and how much does that uh, affect people how much does that uh, affect children I think that it would um, affect them a lot. I would think that there's a um, you know an emotional hurt that they don't always get get over. When I talk to some of my my friends now. Um, and they, you know, and I know some of their home life and what have you. And, you know, they, they still tell me about something that their mother or father didn't do. And it could be something as simple as um, patting them on the back for a science project that they did. Or, you know, bring home an A on a book report and something that their parents said to them that to this day, they still hold. A friend of mine, uh, we were texting um, earlier today when she saw what the um, topic was when she, she, she always pops on, on Podbean, you know, every, every day. And she looks at the topics and, you know, various topics of various shows. And she says, um, her son had a school play 
and she and her husband missed it because it was a um, snowstorm. So she called her parents to see if they can make it. And they tried, but they couldn't. It was a storm. It was a, a, a snowstorm. You know, the kids were already at, at, at school. And they missed it. She says, to this day, her son never lets her forget that. She never, he never lets her forget that he missed, that she missed that, that school play. And I asked her, well, how old was he? And she said he was four. Hey, Alpha, welcome. You know, so, okay, so a four-year-old and her son is a lot older now. He's, he's an adult. But she said that, you know, when that comes up, he never lets her forget. Yeah, you missed my, my school play, even though it you know, was a snowstorm. So how much do people take with them? How much do people, how much do children take with them and hold tight with them? When they move through life. I mean, I can honestly say there are some things that my parents did that I'll, you know, every so often I'll bring it. Yeah, well, remember when? You know, because it's like, well, you know, for the most part, you know, and I'm not talking about school plays or anything like that. I'm just talking about just, just for me, other things that may seem little. I mean, how many parents tell their kids, and, you know, we touched on this a little bit yesterday. How many people tell their kids to get over something? Or assume, well, they're they're young, they'll they'll get over it. But they don't. Or you think that they they do. So again I ask, how important how important, excuse me, how important is it to be there emotionally for your children? Okay, Minnesota says very important. How important is it to be sincere when they ask us a question, you know, and they just want a little bit of your time? How important is it to, you know, be sincere in your re response as opposed to just, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 that's, that, that's nice, that's, that, that's good. Do our children compare us to other parents? Well, his mother did it. Well, his, his father's going. How come I can't? How come you, you didn't come? You know, or they, or you're out on the football or, or, or baseball field, you know, when your kid is young and the other parents are patting their kids on the back. Yes, good, good job, good job. And you're out there screaming and howling because your kid missed a ball and he's in Little League. Not the majors. He's in Little League when, where they're supposed to be having fun. 
And while you're yelling and screaming at your kid or yelling and screaming at somebody else's kid, the parent next to you is encouraging theirs. How much do people, you know, see? How much do, do kids see? What other people are, are, are doing? And then do they look at it and, and think, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be in my life, but it's not. I was listening to the uh, news yesterday. One of the few times when I, you know, I usually channel surf and I listen to some of every everybody. I listen to news from just different stations. Whether I like the station or not, I, I listen to the stations um, just to hear what everyone's saying. So yesterday I'm listening to and they're talking about the, um, the shooting at uh, Michigan State University. And the commentator said, today's children are basically growing up and learning how to possibly be a victim of a shooting. And when he said that, I was like, man, you know, that's true. You know? Yes. Wow. Yes, exactly. Wow. And when you think about it, it's like when I was in school, Officer Friendly came to school. You know, we were told the officers were the good guys. You know, we, we, you know, when I was going to school, you know, we had fire drills, you know, in case there was a fire. Do they have fire drills anymore? You know, it seems like kids are coming home having, you know, telling their parents we had active shooting, you know, active shooter drills. You know, and depending upon what part of the country you're in, you may have you know, you had drills on earthquakes or, or hurricanes, floods, power outages. But now your kids are having active shooter drills. That's not normal. At least for me personally, I don't think that that's, that that's normal. You all can agree with me or disagree with me, but I personally don't think that that's normal. So should your kid be the last kid at school when it comes to emotional support from their parents? Because kids today have a whole lot of stuff to deal with that society and adults are putting on them. Again, my opinion. Now, even though it wasn't probably widely known and it probably did happen, 
more than we know? But back in the day, kids were able to walk to, to school without really having to worry that they're going to get snatched. Not saying that they didn't. You didn't have parents, you know, calling the police on other um, uh, children's kids because they were, what is the term now they're using? Because you have a free range kid. How many of us were free range kids? I mean, just that whole thought of even saying that a free range kid. How many of us were running around the blocks and, you know, your parents just told you to be home when the school lights, I'm sorry, when the uh, street lights come on? If you were riding your bike or if you were, you know, you know, running around the neighborhood, you know, your 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 parents would say, you know, don't go here. You, you, you have to stay within this radius, whatever. And you were just running around. Your neighbor wasn't calling the cops because you were not with an adult because your mother or father were not with you. You were able to do that. Hey, hey, shy lady, welcome. But we don't have that now. Children, children have so much, you know, so much on their plate. So again, you know, for the people come, you know, just coming to the room, when I say the last kid at school, I don't mean physically that you've, you picked your kid up last. I'm talking about the parents who are not there emotionally for their kids. Now, growing up, I had the opportunity to be around children who had less than me. And I say the opportunity because, you know, it, 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 that did affect how I look at things now. When I see people, I, then I will say, well, what was your home life like? What, you know, what did they do? Whatever. Um, because I, I know that everyone did not have a perfect home, home life. They, they just didn't. There's no such thing as a perfect home life. But when a kid doesn't have at least emotional support from their parents or their parent, to me, it affects them. And it affects them as they navigate through life. And Charlene said, it's sad because a lot of parents aren't emotionally there, especially the ones whose parents are too busy working. I, I'm going to push back on you a little bit on that because there are some parents who work very hard um, to maintain their household and they are there emotionally there for, for, for their kids. And you have the ones who, there, you have some parents that are home and they're not there for their kids. I mean, I have seen parents who's, who basically literally have maids and butlers. They do not pretty much do anything. And if, you know, pretty much they delegate everything to the nanny 
or, 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 or something. And I've seen the frustration in their, in those kids eyes and in their faces, like, you know, I'm going off to the spa, ask what, whoever, you know, she'll do it. And the kids has this look on their face, like I'm asking you. And I've seen, and I've seen parents who's, who are, are busy as whatever, and they may be tired, but they still take time to sit down and help with homework, go to that school play. And I'm not even necessarily saying showing up at the school plays and you know, whatever, but they make time for their kids. You know, that's just like the stereotype when people say, well, you know, you're too poor, you know, you don't have time to deal with this, this, and this, and this with, with your kid. But those are usually, you know, sometimes those are the kids who may be poor. Hey, hey, D, welcome. You know, those kids may be poor, but they're clean. Their parents pay attention to them. They may have to eat beans every day, but those beans are made with love as opposed to the rich kids whose parents don't even, you know, you're eating in your bedroom or you're eating, like I said, with the nanny or you're sitting at the kitchen table by yourself eating because your your parents who give you everything, you go into your, your refrigerator, you have a, a, a refrigerator full of food. You have everything physically, but you don't have everything on an emotional side. So I think, you know, when, when you say too busy working, I would have to say, you, 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 you're welcome, D. I always try to, uh, to, to, to greet people. Um, you know, if I, you know, if, if you're not there, um, I don't know. I just think that everything is relative to your particular situation. Because I can say there are times that I've been busy, 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 busy. But I make time for my kid. I always will. A friend and, and, and I today, the same friend who was telling me that when she missed her son's play because of a snowstorm, and her son to this day does not let her for, for forget it, you know, um, she says for some reason that has stuck with him and it bothers him. She says, we went to everything else, but that particular play. And she, she's asked him why he doesn't really tell her. Thank, uh, thanks, thanks, D. And uh, Charlay says is definitely relative. You know, so let's go back to the last kid at, at at school. The physically, technically, the last kid at school who is always the last one being picked up. Is it because their parents are rushing, trying to to get to them? Even if that kid knows that, you know, your mother or father driving halfway across town. 
or they're just getting off of work and they're, you know, their boss won't let, let them off. Do you have the kids that, that understand and the, and the kid that doesn't, that will internalize that and hold, hold on to it? Okay, and Charlie says he has issues if he can't accept that his mom's life life was at stake. You know, again, it was a snowstorm. I don't know. I don't know what he is thinking. I don't know if he has issues. I mean, I I I don't know. You know, she said that she called her her parents to see if they can come. And a lot of kids that day, because the kids were already at, at school, from what I understand, a lot of kids' parents did not show up for that school play. To me, the school should have canceled it. Why they didn't, I don't know. But she also told me he was four. Now he's a grown man. So, I mean, I don't know why people do the things they they that they do. I don't I don't know why children in, internalize some things and not not others. I mean, unless they come out and tell you why, you know, they just do. Crucible, welcome. You know, so um, again, we can speculate why some parents are not there emotionally for, for their children. There are some some parents, in my opinion, who just don't care. There are some parents that care very much. They're just not able to maybe be there for whatever reason. Maybe they have some issues that they're dealing with when they were little. I mean, I don't know. But I do believe that not being present emotionally for your children matters. And that's why I say, and I, and I will say this, and people can disagree with me, but I think that what your children think matters. I don't think that you should necessarily say, well, I'm the adult and you're the child, so you're going to listen to me, so therefore, I think that's wrong. I think children do have a voice. And if they're supposed to be part of your family, you should listen to them and not necessarily put them to the side because they are a minor. Because a lot of things children are, children tell us things, but we're too busy being the adult that we don't listen. That's just, that's, that's just me. 
I don't think children should be told. And, and then this is this is again, this is just my own thought. I don't think children should be told because I said so. That was something my mom used used to always say. She used to always say because I I I said so. I said so, and I and I used to always I used to always challenge her on them. Like, what does that mean? And she would just say, "I said so." Stop, stop asking me that. And I would keep keep asking her because I didn't I didn't know what 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 does that mean. And I said I would never. I said when I have kids, I'm never going to say I said so. I have never ever told my son I said so ever. I mean, if a child asks you, can I have a cookie? No. Why? Because I said so. <laughs> as funny as it sounds, why? Because it'll ruin your dinner? Because you just ate 10? Because you just went to the dentist and he said don't eat for, for an hour because you, you know, just had some work done? I mean, I'm pretty sure there are many, you have a reason for saying because I, I said so. Or it's just the fact that you as a parent don't want to take the time to tell your kid why you're saying that. But if you ask your kid a question, if they said, because I said, so, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't accept that. And there are sometimes that kids, you know, give their parents answers. You ask them a question, you give them an answer, but because you don't like it, they keep grilling the kid, but the kid has already said, given their answer, why they did whatever. So that's what I mean again when I say the last kid at school. And Crucible says, if you have multiple children, you would be giving detailed explanations about every decision you make. It's, it's a time and, 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 and patience thing, possibly. But if those, uh, you know, like we had on yesterday's show, if those decisions are going to affect your children, if you have a Walton's family, you have nine, 10, 11 kids, whatever, and it's going to affect those, those children, don't they have a right to an explanation why we're moving here or why we're doing this? Or why something that you've, you know, wanted to do for a while, you can't do and he says i said so should be used if the child's life is in danger and you don't have time for an ex and for an expl explanation okay so your child's life is in in danger i can accept that to a point d but at the same time do you ever give them i mean i mean when you say their life is in danger um are they about to get hit by a car and you tell them, you know, get up here on on, on this curb. Are they really going to say, well, why while a car is is barreling down? I mean, when you, when you say that, what do you mean? Okay, he says yes. All right, Crucible, welcome. Hi, Solid. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I think Shy Lady typed something in the chat. You know, children should be taken seriously. And I can believe that 100%. Now, obviously, there's an age-appropriate 
probably a cutoff, if you will, as far as when a parent feels obligated, I don't know if that's the right word or not, or compelled to give a detailed explanation, to go into um, some lengthy explanation, so to give context. I think once a child is able to comprehend context, and parents are the best judges of when that is, then I think they are should be afforded the courtesy, and it is a it is a courtesy of of an explanation um, consistent with their with their age group and whatever the topic happens to be. What I was typing in the chat, you know, I, I I've never been a parent, but I, I've been a child and I've been around many 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 parents, and I understand what goes on. You've got them tugging at you; they're talking, they're fighting. You, you're, you're trying to get something done and they're asking a million questions. And I remember asking of my mother, well, and she'd give me an answer and I'd say, why? And she'd give me another answer. And she'd say, I would follow her around the house for hours and she would give me an answer. It wasn't because I said so. She would give me an actual answer. And I would say, well, how come? And, what? and she's like, this kid's going to drive me out of my mind. So at times then it, it became a, because I said, so can we talk about this later sort of a thing? But you owe your child, I believe you owe them the courtesy. Um, and the consideration of them as a human being, it, it can't be a situation where they're only 12 or they're only 15. You can say that when they're five or six, but when they get to be into the early teen years and beyond, I think then it's time to sit them down and give them as, as an adult an explanation as you can, because it's a respect thing at that point. It's a respect thing that you have enough respect for them that they deserve a thorough answer. Now, see, I would have to say that when kids are, are five and six, five and six year old kids are not stupid. And I think that they are afforded an, an answer. And like, and like I said, just because, you know, don't assume that just because of their, their age, because you have those five and six year olds, sometimes are even more aware than those 13, 14, 14 uh, uh, kids are. And you have, you know, a, a, a child that, you know, if they just ask you, you know, like, like I said, some questions, are just simple answers. Some questions are, you know, can I can I go over to Bobby's house after, after school? No. Why? Because I want you to come home. I want you to do your homework. Or the last time you went over to Bobby's house, you all got in trouble. Or, you know, um, Bobby is not someone that I really approve of you playing, um, playing with because he he does blah, blah, blah. Give them an answer. Tell them something. But don't use their age as an excuse because when they're five and six, three, four, five and six, that's when they need that guidance. That's when they, that's when they, that's when they need that. You know, so, um, and every child's different. Every child's different. You know, but, um, I think if your child asks you a question, you should give them an answer. That's just me. Crucible? Well, what I remember when I was a child, and this, this still may apply. I don't spend a lot of time around parents of young children, so I don't know if there's a quote-unquote rule of thumb anymore. But when I was a child, my parents and other parents and teachers and adults used to refer to something called the age of reason. And it was con generally considered to be, give or take a year, around seven years old. That was the conventional wisdom. And obviously some children get there later than, than others and some get there sooner. But typically when, the, when you define 
the term age of reason, it typically coincides, not always, but typically coincides with a period when a child is beginning to distinguish right from wrong. And they can understand consequences for their decisions and other people's decisions. So I would push back a little bit on the three and four-year-old. I don't believe they've got the cognitive ability to apply context, which is really what what the whole point of giving a detailed answer is beyond. I didn't, I didn't say a detailed answer. I just said an answer. Well, like I said, how, how, what, I don't know what qualifies as a quote unquote answer, but unless a child is capable of absorbing logic and deduction and reasoning, I don't know that you're serving them. You can certainly do it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm questioning the utility of it. Okay. And again, I'm talking about just being there emotionally for, for, for your kid and if a two-year-old is smart enough we've seen it m multiple times if a two-year-old or three-year-old is smart enough to call 911 because their mother or their father are, is on the floor and they're not moving that's saying something that means to me that's saying that they have the ability if you if you're able to teach your child if if something goes wrong pick up the phone and call 911 and they're able to do it in times like that, I'm giving that child credit. I'm, I'm giving that child the, I'm going to afford them an answer if they say why. So again, that's just me. I'm not saying you got to go into some, some, hold on, shy lady, I miss you. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that you got to go into some detail, you know, answer, whatever, but I'm just saying for me personally, I just think that no matter how old the child is, you can give them an answer. You, you can tell them something. So shy lady, welcome. Hello. Um, I'll push back just a tad bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I understand what Crucible is saying. I, I agree because it depends on the child. It totally depends on the child. And if, a, and if a child that's two years old can pick up the phone and dial 911, that is definitely a child that is in a special category. Because um, recently, my husband and I were at a friend's house and it was, it was, it was, there were, there were like three or four couples there and the one couple had their, their child with them. And I guess he's maybe three and he was the only, only child there. And I was just amazed that he was so baby-like. He, he could barely talk, couldn't understand anything he said, couldn't put together sentences, comprehension or anything. And I remember my daughter um, at three years old, could read a book. And the reason why uh, she was reading at three, it wasn't because I was forcing her, but it was because um, at the time I had closed caption on the TV. And some of her favorite shows were Sesame Street, like most kids, Barney. And she would look at those words all the time while she was watching TV. And in her mind, she put those words together and I was, and I'm a book person. So I was taking her to the library at, at three years old, reading to her when she was two, Dr. Seuss books. And um, when I think about that, that little boy and I think about my daughter, I'm like, wow. And I wondered, and I wondered to myself if, because 
it was it because I was a stay-at-home mom during that time? Um, is this little boy at a disadvantage? And he's he's an only child. I'm like, is this little boy at a disadvantage because both his parents are very um, busy working? They both have um, very nice careers. And I'm like, wow. I wonder what's 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 up with that, or or it could maybe 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 it's just the kid. I don't know, but I was just so surprised that that kid could not speak in a conversation. And, and not only that, but I had the time to spend with my kids because, like I said, I was at home. I had um, the, the other kid, my son, like nine months later, um, after my daughter was um, six months away, my son was born nine months later. And I was always there showing them and teaching them and spending time with them. And all three of them could tie their shoes by the time they were three. I didn't buy them the, the um, Velcro shoes. I didn't believe in that. I said... I'm going to teach you how to tie your shoe. And I don't want it to be like, I don't like that. Here, mom sticking their foot out. Tie my shoe. If you can talk, my kids could talk very well at three. If you could talk, you can tie your shoe up. And I taught them how to, how to do that. I taught, I taught them, potty trained them. They were like two and a half, all three of them, because that's just something that I felt that I didn't want to have to baby my kids. I'm like, well, if they can talk and they can understand this, if you can, if you can tell me, that you stink or you're talking in full sentences, but you can't tell me that you need to go to the bathroom on the toilet. I just could not accept that. If you can talk and tell me what you want to eat, then you can go to the bathroom. You can go on your own and tell me that, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. But I just think that some people don't have the time or they just baby their kids. That's just my two cents. I, 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 I uh, agree with you. And we also said, you know, when you when you popped in, we also said that every child's child's different. I'm not saying that every child's child's the same. I was not a stay at home uh, mother. Um, my son. Um, I remember when I was uh, dropping him off and he, he was starting a new um, preschool. And they said, well, he's he's only two so we're going to put him with here and i said no i said my son needs to be with the more advanced kids and they were like well he's only two i said my son knows his letters his numbers and my son can can read and one lady came out and basically said mrs so-and-so i'm sorry but i just don't no child can read it too i said my son can't why i wasn't a stay-at-home mom but I read every night to, to, to my child. I mean, even now I'm, you know, you know, I'm going through books and stuff that I'm giving away from all the books and stuff that, 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 that we, we had, you know, um, I was telling somebody else who's, who you all know, you know, um, when we were talking about looking words up in a dictionary and what have you, I literally have over a hundred dictionaries in my house because my mother always felt that, you know, for Christmas and birthdays, she was always giving us dictionaries. And we have so many dictionaries. I didn't allow my kid to go to the web to look up a word, you know, and shy lady, I understand, you know, when you have the clothes um, caption on, they're singing along to Barney or, or, or some of those Sesame Street, you know, um, characters, you know, that you still have in your head, you know, um, they are reading that. But I do believe that every child is 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 different. And my son was asking me questions, you know, two and, and three. Why? 
And I always said, because my mother always said it to me and I never understood what that meant because I said, so what does that mean? And she could never tell me what that meant. And I always said that I would never, ever say that to my kid. And I didn't. So at two, if he asked me a question, I may have to simplify it. I wasn't going to go into some long, detailed speech, whatever. But I gave, gave, gave him, him an answer. You know, I had, I, I, yes, I had to tell him something. You know, so, and, and shy lady, like you, I have seen, seen children. I, I've seen children five, six, and seven that I look at them and they're like baby light and they, and, and they, they, they can't do anything. You're like, seriously? Because I know how I taught my, my son. I know how my parents taught me and my sister. You know, so um, it's all relative. Every child is different. But I do believe that, that parents do need to be there emotionally for their children. Because I do believe if, if they're not, it does affect the child as they get older. Crucible. You make an excellent point, Saud, and it kind of plays into what I was about to say here. I read an article. This goes back probably 15 or 20 years. It was a very, very lengthy article in the New York Times Magazine. And they did this study. I don't know how they pulled it off, how they executed it, but it was a very, very thorough study. And they broke it down along children. They took children and adults, parents, and they broke it down around around um, educational, economic, and racial lines. And they tracked these children over the course of 25 years. And they tracked the families, they, 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 they tracked the language, and they, they, they um, recorded what they referred to as positive utterances and negative utterances. And in, in the case where the children were getting negative utterances, in other words, negative feedback, negative conversations, nothing positive, nothing um, where like Shy Lady was saying, you have a conversation with your child and they can comprehend these things. The children that had negative, had, at, at one point, the, the children who had negative, a preponderance of negative utterances on a six to one ratio, in other words, it was six times more likely, the, the kids that had negative utterances they tracked them through adulthood and they were de developmentally challenged. They were behaviorally challenged, educationally challenged, socially challenged. This was a very, very thorough study. And it just, I've never forgotten it. Like I said, this was 20 years ago. So the, not only what you say to your children, but the tone, positive, negative, has a huge impact and it stays with them over the course of maybe not their entire life, but certainly as they get into adulthood and you don't know what that child is hearing and what the impact it is having on them at such a young age. But it was something that stuck with me to this very day because I'm telling you guys about it. So how you talk to your children and what you say to them at a very early age, if you don't think they're comprehending you, think again. That is why I said that just because they're 15, 16 or five or six, and six, they do not understand. They absolutely do. Children understand when they're three and four. They understand when you're two. They, they, a baby can look at your tone when they're, you know, nine months and you talk to them a certain way, their face will, will their facial expression changes. So I don't want to hear, you know, that it, 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 you know, that a kid at five, no, no, you know, so, uh, I want to address what, what, what D said, uh, D said, um, an official welcome to, uh, to rifle, um, D says financial ex, um, um, explanations are sticky sometimes or are, are sticky times as to when to provide them. You may not want to tell your child that the budget is busted and they can't get that thing that they want. D, I am totally with you on 
that. But I do believe that how at some point you have, you do have to give your child, you know, if they're looking, you know, there's, if they ask you, you know, I want this toy, whatever. And you keep saying, no, you can't, you can keep, you keep, keep saying no. What if you're, you know, I do believe that your child does need to know why. So maybe they will stop asking. You may not have to say that the, that the, you know, budget's busted or anything, but you, you know, could say, well, right now we need to spend, you know, money on this as opposed to that. And I'll be able to, you know, maybe I can get, get you that later, whatever. But, you know, you, you, you do have to tell, tell them something because or else they are going to keep asking you because children do want, want to know. You know, and Charlie says, or parents that give a kid two or three a pacifier, what's what injustice to that child? Charlie, my son never ever had a pacifier ever, ever. I think pacifiers are so lame. And thank you, Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota does know my son very well. You know, um, you know, um, uh, you know. It, it, I, I never understood people who gave their kid their their kids pacifiers. I mean, to me pacifier is like that phone that you give your kid that your kid starts crying so you give so you give them a, a phone so they can start playing uh, on playing games give them a book you know when 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 i saw right off that my son would always draw on stuff whenever he you know you know saw that one thing my son wasn't a he he, he didn't cry a lot but when he was going to get to that point i pulled out paper crayons and he was drawing You know, but that pacifier thing, uh-uh. You know, but 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 again, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to turn this into what we're giving our kids and you know, whatever. I'm just saying that I believe that children that that children who do not get emotional support from their parents, no matter what your parents' financial situation is, whether you're rich, poor, whatever your color is, whatever. I personally think it affects the child. I do not believe that parents that work a lot are worse parents than parents who were who who were stay at home. And that bugs me when people assume that. And it bugs me because both of my parents worked. And I know how my sister and I both turned um, turned out. I know my husband and I both both worked. And I know how my son is. We are not alcoholics. We are not drug drug dealers. My parents were not alcoholics. They were not drug dealers. My kid was not running around with the wrong crowd when he was, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15. I was not a stay-at-home mom. And I know a lot of parents who were not stay-at-home moms. In fact, most of the people that I grew up with who did not have that stay-at-home family a lot of them are doctors, lawyers, professors. And their children and their grandchildren are brilliant. I want to. But one thing that they did have was emotional support. Shine lady. I want to add something since we're talking about stay at home versus um, working parents. Now, stay at home for me only apply when my kids were little because once I got a school age, 
they were out. They were out. They were out, out and about by the time, you know, it was eight, eight o'clock in the morning. They were out. They were in their, they were in their class. And sometimes they weren't at home because they did after school activities until four, four thirty. Now you can have parents that do work, and I'm not I'm not picking on people that have that who work and have kids. When I talk about people who are busy working, I'm talking about the people that uh, they're at home, but they're not at home. Like you say, people that have nannies. I know people that are into watching TV as opposed to helping their kids with their with their homework once that kid is at home. Mm-hmm. I know people that that um, on social media, Facebook and all that stuff, instead of helping their kids with their homework. So you can be a person working and spend put that quality time in with your child. Because my, my husband used to travel a lot when my kids were younger, but he always, he would call, um, he would help them with homework from his hotel room. Spend mm-hmm. hours because I wasn't good good with math like like he was. And when they got to that age where um, they had algebra two and all that kind of stuff, that's where he came in at. Or they had geometry and he was really good at that. He spent time with them when he was on the road, when he was in his hotel room, three hours if it took. So I'm not talking about those kind of like stay at home parents. I'm talking about people that are there in the household. Just because you work, I'm not picking on anybody that works. I'm talking about people that are still not there for their kids. They just don't spend time with them. Not because you work or you don't work. You just have those kind of parents that they think that it's the the, the school's responsibility to teach the ch- the child how to how to read, and that's that's not the case. It's your it's your responsibility. It's not the teachers. It's your responsibility as a parent to teach your kid things. My, my daughter has a friend who's a teacher and she constantly get into arguments with parents about they, the teacher's not doing their job. My kid, my kid can't read because you're not doing your job. Really? Really? Wow. Okay. You want to hold my son. And they're like, you want to hold my son back. Yes, your son is getting held back because your son is not ready to go to the next level because you're not spending time with them. You can't interrupt the whole doggone class to help one or two students that are, that are struggling because the mom or dad is not doing what they're supposed to do. But I didn't mean to get off into another subject. No, I mean, no, I mean, and, and but, 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 but I did say that. I did say that earlier in the show. I said that, you know, when, when, when you made the comment about, you know, parents not working or, or, or parents at work. I said, I have, I'm talking about, you know, I've seen parents that have nannies and stuff. I mean, I mean, when I was in entertainment, I cannot tell you how many times I went over uh, people's homes, a lot of well-known people where I would deliver scripts, whatever. And the nannies and the butlers and all these other people were, were running around and the groundskeepers and all this other stuff. And, you know, you know, they say, hey, you know, hey, you know, um, thanks for dropping this off. And their kid is 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 tugging at them and they're handing them off to, to the nanny or their their teenage kid is, is is coming to them, you know, saying, you know, hey, you know, I, I need some help with this. And they're, and they're taking t- tell them to go talk to the butler or, 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 or someone. And you just see the look in their faces. You see the look in their faces. And these are people who have money. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. But at the same time, I can go over to South L.A. and hang out with some people who don't have all, all, all that money. 
and they have time for for for, for their kid. So you it's know, all relative. It all it, depends it, upon who you are and how you choose to deal with it. And I and I totally agree because just like the case where all the celebrities were paying the um USC, the guy who was cheating for all the tests. Right. It's like you, you're paying for these tests, but you could, you could have also paid to have your kid tutored yes. all these years. Not saying that yes. they didn't, but yes. if you had your kids tutored, you shouldn't have to pay for them to cheat to get in school. No. It's like contradictory. Yeah. Obviously, you didn't spend time or put your kid in programs so that when they got to the, the level where they were the test for the SAT or whatever, they would have passed because you would have had them in programs where they were tutored yes. for all these years and you wouldn't have to pay uh, illegally for them to be somewhere where they didn't deserve to be. And it's like a lot of these celebrities, the same thing, you know, no wonder you hear about some of them being the kids being on drugs because they're too busy posing for the paparazzi at all these award shows, making millions of dollars and their kids, their, their kids are just thrown to the wayside and, it, and it's sad. It's really sad, but you know, they pay, they pay for everything, you know? And, and that's that's why I say it is relative. It depends upon who who your child is, who your parents are. I'm not saying that all rich people are are, are bad. I absolutely do not think that. I, I know some rich people who 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 are amazing parents. I know some poor people who are amazing parents. I know single parents who are amazing parents. I know single parents who are not amazing parents. I know parents who are together who are not amazing parents, who, 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 who suck. You know, but I'm just saying, I don't want, a child should not be the last kid at school. A child should get emotional support from their parent. A child should be able to depend on their parent to at least say, when you come home, you know, with, with a B instead of an A, to still say good job, not well. How come you didn't get 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 an A? That's why some of these kids end up committing suicide because they get so stressed out because A A A A. You have you have to get an A. And shy lady and crucible, you know, and I think D before you 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 guys came on, you know, um, I I was saying you know you have those kids that are in little league and T and and T ball or pop. Warner f football, whatever you want to call it now, you know, and you have those, those parents that are yelling and screaming at their kid because they missed the, the ball. They, because they, because they, that they struck out and these kids are like five, seven, nine, ten. But then you have the other parents who are like, you know, good, good job, you know, try, you know, you'll, you, you'll get them next, next time. And the kids that's being screamed at, they're looking at the kid that's getting, you know, support from their kid. And are they saying, this is how it's supposed to be? Why is, why is my mother or father, usually the dad, yelling at, at me? And then the dad's like, when we, when we get home, we're, we're going to practice, practice, practice. He's 10. When you're in those sports, you're supposed to have fun. You know, do you look at the kid next to you and say, I wish I had. I wish I had. There were two times that I heard the term or the comment 
your mother and father must really love you. One was when I went away to Girl Scout camp and my mother always timed my letters where I would get one on the first day that I was at Girl Scout camp and I would be at Girl Scout camp for a month. I love going away to camp until the very last day. And she always timed them where I had a letter every single day. And one of the girls said to me, your mother and father must really love, love you. They write you a letter every single day. And um, Charlene and I were, 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 were talking about this. And I told her of a time when I had gone away to camp and I wasn't getting any letters. And I asked them, I said, did I get any letters? And they were like, no. Now, remember, I'm like 12, 11, 12. And Girl Scout camp usually had 18, 19 year old kids, you know, whatever. So I said, well, I'm going to call my mom. They're like, oh, no, 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 you, you, you can't call your mom. Like, and we had times for when you can use the phone, whatever. I said, well, no, this is the, the free time. I should be able to call my mom. And they did not want, want me to call my mother. I called my mother. Said, I'm not getting any letters. You know, and she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, I'm not getting letters. And, you know, I, I said, they said that I'm not getting letters. So she says, well, let me talk to whatever. So they, she, you know, so um, I told the, the supervisor who was like, now that I look back at it, she was probably like around 21, 22, you know, um, she called my mom, my mom asked her. Next thing you know, the next day I have multiple letters because letters that they were not giving me. And they told me they were not giving me these letters because the other kids were feeling bad because I was getting a letter every day. I called my mother. I told her what they said. My mother and father drove all the way to Wisconsin. We lived in, in, in Chicago. It wasn't really that far, but they drove to Wisconsin to this camp. And they pretty much read these people left and right and said, don't you ever withhold a letter from my child or else. And I got a letter for the rest of the time I, I was there up until the very last day. Because my mother would always say the first letter was like, okay, this is your first day at camp, blah, blah, blah. And the last letter I would say, okay, you're, you're coming home, blah, 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 whatever. That was the first time that I heard that, I heard that, that statement. The second time I heard it was when a child said it to my son. Your mother and father must really love you because they come to everything. And I'm not saying that you got to show up to every school thing, whatever. But when that was said, my husband and I, we looked at each other. We, you know, we kind of smiled. And my son would always look over at us. Again, I know everyone cannot be at every play. I know everyone cannot be at every, you know, re recital. But you can be there on an emotional level. When your kid comes home from school or they had a bad day and they want to talk to you and you may have had a bad day also, whatever, sometimes you got to put your bad day aside and just listen to them and try to give them some reassurance about something, whatever they're looking for. And then you continue on your bad day or whatever. But I do believe that every child, if they 
come up to you and they have that question, um, you know, give them an answer. I don't care how old they are. You don't have to, like I said, you don't have to go on to this long drawn out thing, but tell them something. And Shalay says, I saw a lot of that because all three of my kids play sports all the way through high school. Um, uh, start of the everyone get, gets a, a trophy um, uh, culture. So, Crucible, are you saying that I was wrong? When you, when I, I'm not understanding your, um, your your comment. And welcome, Sandy, baby. No, that was a that was a, a an indictment of that particular activity there, because you were getting letters. They couldn't risk the bruising of other children's feelings who weren't getting letters. So what I meant by the everyone gets a trophy culture, this wasn't the case when I was a child playing sports, but I think it developed sometime maybe in the 80s and the 90s. And that was where kids would be very upset after a game if they didn't play or if they didn't win. And so they didn't give out trophies anymore for a while. Everybody got one or nobody got one because they were, instead of saying, this is how it works in life. Some people get some things and some people don't get them. We have to live with outcomes. No, they wanted to shape outcomes so nobody's feelings would be hurt. They did the exact same thing with you in those letters. Instead of saying, when ask your parents to write you letters, no, instead of that, we're going to withhold letters from the one person who's getting them in order to appease the unhappy people. That is a very slippery slope. You know, I don't, you know what, it is, but 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 it's not. But see, that's when you are also there emotionally for your child to say what you just said. You know what? Everyone doesn't get a trophy. Everyone doesn't get, you know, whatever. I mean, I, you know, you do you guys remember box tops? Do any of you guys in this in this room remember or you know, remember the whole box top things where you would cut the box tops? Okay. So when I used to um volunteer at my kids' school, um we used to have this this box top thing, and I would always do things for my kids' um, uh, class, whatever. You know, it was mainly for him, but I was doing it, you know, for the whole class. But you know, but anyway, um, you know, so I said, I, I distinctly remember this one particular thing that I did is, is I said, we're going to do the same for box tops. I said, everyone just has to bring one, and you'll you will get a prize. You just have to turn in one. And the person who turns in the most, I don't know, I was giving them something else, but stuff. This is all stuff that came from, you know, came, came, came from the Dollar Tree. They were in first grade. This one particular parent, won't say her name. She may be listening one day. And her daughter, won't, won't say her name. It was the same parent who always, you know, always had issues. Um. On, on the day that we were supposed to turn in all, all of the things, they, they turned them in and I counted them, whatever. And I said, okay, um, on Friday, I'm going to come back and the people who turned in everything, I'm going to give them their whatever. And again, this is something that came from the Dollar Tree. Okay, so uh, welcome Grandmaster Tuna. <laughs> okay, so, you know, so... Um, Yes, D. Box tops for, for for education, which 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 they still have. All right, so um, I'm passing out the stuff, and this one little girl says, "Miss so and so, do I get a prize?" And I looked at her. I said, "Did you 
turning a box top? And I knew that she didn't. And her mother's standing there and she goes, oh, well, you know, she goes, can you just give her one? And I looked at her and I said, well, that won't be fair to the other kids that turn, turn in one. And th this mother got upset. So after we're leaving and we're in the parking lot, all our kids are getting into the car to, to go home. She pulls me over to the side and she goes, you couldn't just give me one. You, you have extra. I said, you couldn't turn in one box top, one box top. So your kid can get a little funky prize from the Dollar Tree. You couldn't turn in one. And she just looked at me. Now, some people may say that I that I could have just gone on and given her her one. I, I could have. But it's like that's where the entitlement comes in. That's when your kid is not learning that, you know what, you don't get that participation trophy because you didn't participate. This is when you don't get something because, you know, this is when you emotionally have to be there for your child to say, no, you know, we didn't turn, turn any in, whatever. One box top. Um, I want to add to that. And wait, and I just want to say one okay. thing that, 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 that rifle says, or they don't keep score, uh, but every kid knows what, what the score is. Exactly. It's like, you're not going to keep score. You know, there cannot be a first place if there's no last place. There is going to be a kid that comes in last all the time. I know my kid was usually the one that came in last, you know, so shy lady. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. It's it just, you know, when you talk about the whole box top, box top thing, it reminded me, because um, that, that, that whole scenario, it actually even goes all the way to the college level. Because I remember when my daughter was in, a, in a, uh, I think it was an economics or a statistic class in college, and she went to a very uh, well-known public school, a very, very, very good public school. And... Um, I remember she had a, a couple of people in her class that didn't look like her. And one of the girls had a dad that was an executive at some Fortune 500 company. And this particular girl never did her work. And my daughter was one of those kind of people that she'll tell you in a minute. I I am not a genius. I am not, I am not um, you know, a person that can just take a test. And, and just get it all right without studying. She's like, I'm a person that has to study. I mean, really, really study. And for my, my, my grades, she's like, I work hard. And it really upset her that this girl had the nerve to say in class to the, to the teacher who looked like the girl, um, Mr. So-and-so, can you really change my grade? I got a C and this is really going to mess up my GPA. And my daughter thought she was joking. And the teacher actually gave her an A because the girl was stupid enough, not that she probably even cared, but she was stupid enough to tell the kids, um, I think a week before they were to get out of that class, oh, Mr. So-and-so gave me an A, so my GPA is good. And stuff like that, lots of those kind of incidents happened when she was in school. And it's just that, that same behavior, the entitlement, it's real. It really carry, carries out, it's real. And, and not only that, but my daughter had an academic scholarship at this school. And some of the kids would say to her, kids that didn't look like her, wow, um, how'd you get here? You must have got in on affirmative action. And she would go, no, I had one of the, I had a, my test score was in the 96th percentile. What was yours? 
crickets, no answer. So to say that that incident with the box top is still present today, unfortunately, for some people. I mean, you know, and, and again, you know, I know this stuff goes, goes, goes on. But again, this is what I say that you need to be emotionally there for your for your children, even when you have to tell them that, you know, life sucks. I mean, you all have heard me say before, you know, when my son would, would run, run races, he would always come in last, you know, and he would be be, be upset. But I didn't say, oh, you suck. You know, I just said, you know, at least you finish. You did the best you you could, because I know that he did do the best that he could, you know, whatever. And he 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 finished. There were other kids who who were running and they saw they were so far behind, they they they, they just quit. And my son was was behind them. But he finished. You know, so it's like you have to again. Being there emotionally is not just always to to say good job or yeah you did this one. It's also to say, no, you did not do the work. You're not going to get an A. You're not going to get a C. You're going to get an F. You did not turn in the assignment. You know, and the same parent with the box tops got sick one time. And for like three days, she asked me if I could pick her her daughter up from for school, if I if I could t- take her to school, and I, I I picked her up, and she would always you know she would say, "Wow, I'm getting here on on time because her mother always brought brought her late," and you know I I was one of those parents who I'm there sitting there waiting for you know for the doors to open. You know, my son, the entire time he was going to, to, to regular school, he never missed a day. He was never late. And she liked the fact that she can play on the playground with the other kids until the teacher comes and opens up the doors and does whatever. So when when her mother got better, it was time for her to, to you know, start taking her daughter to school. She, she said, Mrs. So-and-so, can you pick me up? I don't want my mom to pick me up because we're always late. And I said, you have to talk to your mom. Now, whenever her dad brought her to school, she was on, on time, but that was rare. Her mother was the main one. Kids see, see this stuff. And this was second grade. So this is what, like seven? Kids see this stuff. They're old enough to have an ex an ex an explanation. They're old enough to have a reasonable answer for why am I always late? How come I can't get to just to school on time? Meanwhile, you know, the teacher's sending home stuff, you know, your your kid is getting tardies. It's not hurting you, it's, it's hurting her. And yes, at the end of the year, they do give, you know, they did give out awards and stuff for perfect attendance and, and all and all, all, all that other stuff. You need to be there emotionally for your children, be it positive or negative. 
because if you're not, I do believe that children do carry things into adulthood and some of them hold on to things. You may not think it's a big deal, but to them it is. So guys, that's all I I got. Um, I'm going to give last words. And I am going to replay the song that I played yesterday. Um, I did have the request uh, from Frankie. She asked if I can replay the song from yesterday. And Frankie, I do love that song. It's very very haunting. And I'm surprised YouTube did not take down my show from yesterday. Because uh, I wasn't supposed to play that song. But anyway, I'm going to play it again. But um, Shy Lady, do you have any last last words? Good show. Enjoy the conversation. The dialogue, dialogue was good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Crucible. And I do have, um, before Crucible, before you say anything, I just want everybody to know I will not have a show tomorrow. I will not have a show on Monday. Um, but I will be back on Tuesday. Um, so, Crucible. This was a really good show. I mean, even though I haven't been a parent, I'm a really big proponent of early childhood development and how we talk to our children. And you're absolutely right, Solid. The emotional support is infinitely is, is infinitely more important, in my view, as the academics themselves. They you can get academic support with tutors and, and after school things and, and teachers and whatnot, you, you only get one set of parents. And I remember Shiley makes a, a good point about ge- geometry and algebra and whatnot. I remember growing up, my father was not very good at math. My mother was not very good at math and they were very upfront about it. My mother was good at reading and writing and things like that. But math, they basically said, you know, we'll do the best we can, but I never felt abandoned. I never felt like, Oh, now what, you know, they don't know math. Now what? I never felt that way. So if you, as a parent, if you have the right mindset, you're plugged into your kids, you're plugged into parenthood, you'll pick up on what your kid is telling you and you will you will act accordingly. But I, I couldn't agree with you more. That emotional safety net will exceed, far exceed their, um, their needs in life than any kind of two plus two or CAT spells cap. So kids who get emotional support, boy, they're head and shoulders above kids that don't. So anyway, great show. Okay. And on that note, you guys enjoy your uh, day or weekend wherever you are in the world. I appreciate you all um, being being here. But this is, um, again, I will not have a show tomorrow or uh, Monday. So on that note, I am going to play the song for you. Uh, Frankie asked for it again. I do love the song. You have to listen very closely to, to the words, but uh, it's about having a you were strangers then you were lovers and friends and then you were strangers again so you have to listen very carefully to the words and the song is very the 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 tune itself is very haunting but it is a beautiful beautiful song Touch your head to pull your thoughts into my hand, 
And that's it, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day and weekend, wherever you are in the world. And I hope to see you back here on Tuesday. <laughs> Bye.